Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you. Well, it's great to see you and welcome if you're listening on podcast or if you're here, guest here today. My name's Dave, I'm one of the leaders here and um, we've just started um, a six-part series on looking at the, the book of... Colossians, and it will come up on the screen now, and uh, this whole series is called Rooted, um, Grow Deep, Live Tall, and uh, it's six parts, we're going to be doing it over a course of the next sort of, I guess, eight weeks, there's a few different guests coming, etc., and um, a few, two weeks ago, we had our, our part one, and, uh, and the whole concept of, of Book of Colossians, Colossians was written by a, a guy called Paul, Paul wrote about half of the New Testament, and um, Paul had never visited the place called Colossae, okay? And it's thought that one of his mentor, mentees called Epaphras, had, uh, who was under Paul's ministry, went back to his hometown of Colossae and planted a church there. And Colossae was one of three towns or cities. Um, you had Laodicea, Hierapolis, and Colossae that were thriving city towns back in the day. Um, and, uh, but then... Colossi became a bit of a, a bygone town. And uh, so he planted that. And Paul had never been to Colossi, yet he's, he's found himself writing this letter. Who likes to receive letters? Okay, and Paul's written this letter, and it's, it's been received by the, the church in, in um, Colossi with basically some instructions behind it. And we looked at this last time. Um, we looked at the whole book of Colossi is about, if you like, it's about the Christ of the church. It's about looking at G- who Jesus Christ was was and is, and therefore a reminder to the people of that town to live a life which is worthy of being a Christian. And uh, in my message today, there's going to be stuff for people, if you're a Christian, or if you're not yet a Christian, it's fine. And um, this, this message last two weeks ago was, if Jesus is worthy, walk worthy. And we we're encouraged to walk worthy, to remember three things, that repentance brings forgiveness. Repentance means changing our, our mind. It means deciding to do something new for the first time. In the case of the letter of Colossians, that deciding to make Jesus Lord of our life. And a reminder too about who you are, not whose you are. Okay? And that we are sons and daughters of Father God. And that makes all the difference. If we're a a, a son or daughter of of Father God, then it means he's he's got our back. He's got our back in whatever we face in life. But life isn't always going to be easy but God is with us. And also, it's our choices count. His instruction, chapter one, was to live a life worthy, to follow Jesus, and to literally choose to please Jesus in the everyday decisions. I don't know about you, but um, as we've turned in our TV sets in recent weeks um, and last, I guess, month and a half, we've seen a lot of things in our nation, haven't we? Um, yes, there's lots of things going on around the world, but in the United Kingdom, we've seen lots and lots of things happening, tragedies from Manchester, London Bridge in London, and, um, and through to even a couple of weeks ago, the Grenfell Tower. Um, and I don't know about you, but I've just been gripped to the TV set, just seeing things unfold. And, um, but I love it when in, in disaster or tragedy, um, people get together and people want to make a difference. And that just really strikes a chord in my heart. So I'd like us to just quickly watch a video. This is a music video that Simon Cow has uh, created around yeah. artists for. I don't know where to begin, so to I'll raise start money by for saying I refuse to forget you. 
I refuse to be silenced. I refuse to neglect you. That's for every last soul I've been grateful, even though I've never even met you. Cause that could have been my mum's house. Or that could have been my nephew. Now that could have been me up there. Waving my white plain tea up there. With my friends on the ground trying to see up there. I just hope that you rest and you're free up there. I can't feel your pain, but it's still where it is. Went to the block just to chill with the kids. Troubled waters come running past. I'ma be right there just to build your bridge. response um, by some musicians give their time just to raise money for the appeal and it's the, the situation is changing evolving some facts about it and these are even out of date now 
Um, it's in North Kensington, Tower Block, 127 flats, over 24 floors. Expected capacity about 600 people. Um, 40 um, fire brigades, 200 firefighters, um, obviously many dead, presumed missing, um, and that number is, they're, they're being very conservative with the numbers. People are pointing fingers about blame, um, and that's not, I'm not here to make a, a comment about that. And many different feelings and, and emotives, I mean, that come to mind in the whole tragedy, there's, there's anger, there's desperation, there's exasperation, um, there's relief, there's regret, um, there's also inspiration. I personally uh, have been inspired by aspects of it. When I turn on my TV, I've, I've, I've wept. When I turn on my, seat, on my TV screen and I saw just the community pulling together when there was a lack of official people, just let's, let's get there, let's just do something. That, that inspired me. Just people pulling together and just making a difference. And um, the reality is, in our lives, is, um, is we... In different, that, that's a tragedy, and, that's something, and we, just, we, we pray, pray um, for that situation. I encourage you to pray, and we do what we can. Um, but in, in all our lives, suffering and struggles are a part of life. A part of life. It could be whether we, we lose someone we love. It could be whether we lose a job. It could be in relationships. It could be there's a struggle, there's a tension. Maybe in our lives we've, we've been hard-treated. We've been mistreated. Struggles and suffering are part of our, our life. But I just believe that the Bible's got something that can really help us today to unpack in a practical way by looking at some, some thoughts that were penned 2,000 years ago but still has relevant for us today in Leamington Spa, in this building today, that can really help us. So if you have your Bibles, turn in, in the Bibles too. It's going to come on the screen, so don't worry. It's Colossians chapter 1. Looking at verses 27 to chapter 2 and verse, uh, verse 7. Sorry, verse, Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 to 2, verse 7. And I've just got this thought today. And that is simply to see struggles as possibility. To see our struggles as possibility. It's not to wave a magic wand and say struggles don't hurt. Struggles don't cost. But in the struggles and in the suffering, to see the possibility that can unfold. So we're going to read some powerful words this morning from Colossians chapter 1 and verse 24. And Paul wrote, Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. This is to the church in Colossae. And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. For the sake of his body, which is the church. I'm going to pause it there. Paul is writing this from Roman imprisonment. He's probably writing it thinking that he's going to get actually convicted. And conviction would mean the loss of his life. And we know, looking back in history, that he did lose his life. He got killed by the sword for his faith in Jesus Christ. So Paul is writing this to champion and encourage a, blue, a, a group of just normal people people, men, women, children, just like ourselves here today, in a, in a town that happened to be called Colossae, not Leamington Spa. And his heart is, I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. Somehow, in his suffering, in his about to face execution, he's about to find a place where he can rejoice. 
He can see differently in his suffering. He can see, I don't know about you, I stub my toe and it's worries me. Yeah? Something small happens to me, it's like, oh. But here is someone about to lose his life and he doesn't go, worries me. He is able to be happy because he can see differently. He can see about other people. And I think it's something for us. When we have a perspective that looks outside of our world, whatever is going on in our world, we can somehow find a place to rejoice. And goes on verse 25. I've become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's just pause there and unpack that. The thing, the thing that Paul is doing, he's writing many lessons, letters from his prison cell. It's probably thought that he's in a house arrest. So it's, you know, house arrest at this time, because he's a Roman citizen as well as a Jew. But what, he, what is Paul's purpose in life? His purpose in life is to try and tell. He has the privilege of trying to tell and share a story with many other people that there's a God that loves them. And there's a God that can make a difference in their life. And actually, his purpose is not to tell his, his, his countrymen, his Jewish people. His calling is to, is to go to the Gentiles for those that don't know, Gentiles is anyone that is non-Jewish. So put your hand up this morning if you are not a Jew. So most hands go up. I, I'm a quarter Jew, so it's a bit like that. Um, so he's, his mission in life, his purpose in life is to go to people that aren't Jewish and tell them there's a God who loves them very much and can make a difference in their life. And Colossians is mostly is about... There's about 50,000 Jewish people in that local area, but this church is mostly made up of people that aren't Jewish. And he is thrilled at the privilege. He's used the words like the riches. I got this mystery, and I, I can tell you this one thing. And the one thing is, Christ is in you the hope of glory. Because when, when we make a decision to follow Christ, yeah. we may, may not be perfect people. None of us are perfect. We make a decision, I'm going to follow Jesus I make up my mind to follow Jesus. I've heard some stuff about him, and I realize that I'm beginning to believe that maybe he is who he said he is. I'm going to follow Jesus. It means that Christ comes to live in our hearts through faith, and he makes all the difference for us. As Paul would write, the hope of glory. That means that in the future to come, we can live forever with Jesus Christ. One thing's for sure, we're all going to die one day. Unless Jesus returns, we're all going to die one day. But we can live forever with Jesus Christ because we make a decision to follow Christ. And Paul is so happy, even though his life is about to end, possibly, that he's had this privilege to share the love of Christ with other people. Because Jesus and knowing Jesus makes all the difference. Paul has found his, his purpose in life. And we continue. He, that is Jesus, is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I want you to know, Colossian Church, and now 2,000 years later, 
Life Community Church, Lemda Spa, I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. That word contending is, there's another word that's probably better. He's, Paul's writing, I'm struggling for you. I'm struggling for you. And the Greek word, is, this is written in Greek, the Greek word there is the word um, agon, where we get the English word agony. If you like, Paul is saying, I am agonizing over you. I am contending for you. I am struggling for you. I am passionate for you. I've not met you personally, but I want so much the best for you. The best for you is that you know who you are and whose you are in Jesus Christ. And at this time, there's a, they're, they're, they're grounded in the faith. They've got a basic understanding of who Jesus is and their Christian faith. But at this time, people have come in and started to speak about some, we call it heresy, or some things that aren't quite true. And they're beginning to believe it. At this time, this, this untrue, this false teaching is, is not quite fully there. So he's getting in there early. He's make, trying to make a difference. And he's, he's really saying, I want you to know what you believe. And to know who you believe also. Verse 2. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart. Everyone say encouraged. Encouraged Encouraged in heart. Do you know what? It's good to be encouraged, isn't it? Don't we all need encouragement? Ladies? Men? Don't we all need encouragement? Let's be a people that know what it is to encourage. encourage. Encourage means to put courage in. How can we do that? We can do that with the words that we say. Sometimes we, we say, well, we'll keep people a bit humble. We don't need to encourage. But all of us need encouragement. And Paul wanted to encourage these people where they're at. Be encouraged in heart. Another reason for writing, let it be united in love. Another version puts it, their hearts will be knit together in love. Don't we need that? Unity. When there's division, things fall apart. But when we're united... We can make a difference. When that community of Grenfell Towers was united, when there's a lack of official figures there, they were making a difference and still making a difference now. So much so that the government had to apologise and various things. Because there's a un- unity, of course. Let's always be united. United in love. If the church loses its love, it loses everything. Let's always be a church that knows how to love and to be united in love. So that they may have the full riches of complete understanding. In order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit. And delight to see how disciplined you are. And how firm your faith in Christ is. Paul is so happy for this church. Many are beginning to know Christ and understand a bit about what Jesus really was. And the difference he can make in their lives. But who, hands up if you need wisdom sometimes in life. Wisdom knowing the right action to take. And Paul says, you know what, our, ultimately our, our real wisdom can be found in the person of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, sometimes I think, what am I meant to do in this situation? Have you ever thought that? A situation comes your way. Set of circumstances, you think, what am I meant to do? And I sometimes might just say, Jesus, would you just show me? And sometimes I understand what I'm meant to do. Where's that wisdom come from? You could say it's come from 
myself. But I find that when I pray, as Psalm once says, coincidences happen. When I don't, they don't. So when we pray, say, God, give me wisdom. And suddenly you find yourself knowing what to do. That wisdom might come from someone else. You might bump into that day and they might just tell you something that you need to know. But ultimately our wisdom is found in the person called Jesus Christ. And I love that. He is delighted to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is in Christ Jesus. Those two words, disciplined and, and firm, come from like two military words. Discipline means a bit of order. It's a bit like when you've got ranks. People um, saluting in, in attention. It's like a formation. It takes discipline to stand together. And standing firm means to be when you're approaching a battlefield. In the Roman day, they used to have the big shields. Okay, so that they would have them in front of them or if arrows came, they'd have them behind them. But they'd stand in formation so together the enemy couldn't take them out. And Paul was saying, in in relation to their faith, how important it is to stand together, shoulder to shoulder, in formation, knowing that Christ is in you and Christ can make all the difference. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. I love that. Rooted and built up. A, a, a tree, these tall trees have to have deep roots. Same it is with, with buildings. If you're going to build a, a tall building, it's got to have deep foundations. And Paul is using those illustrations to say, look, come on. If you're rooted in Christ, if your foundations go deep in Christ, you may not understand everything, but if you say, God, I want to believe you, I want to trust you, I want to live my life for you, then it will make all the difference. And ultimately then, the final encouragement there is that our lives can be overflowing with thankfulness. Have you found in your life that when you're thankful for the simple things that you may have, your family, your children, food on the table, and you simply are thankful for those. Do you know what? Suddenly you get a different perspective. You see differently. Rather than maybe you might be in pain and you might be living in, but suddenly you get a different perspective. That actually, I can be thankful for this even though I've got a difficult situation. And being thankful makes all the difference. So really quickly, see struggles as possibilities. Three very quick th- things just to take away today. To see struggles as a possibility, let's remember three things. Firstly, suffering can turn into joy. Suffering can turn into joy. One of the organizations that we're going to be partnering with as a church internationally is a fantastic organization called Empart. Empart are based in India, and they basically are looking at helping people in, in India um, improve their lives as well as find Jesus Christ as their saviour. And they are literally, they have a vision to have 200,000 churches planted by 2030. And to be honest, they are on with that. They are a phenomenal organization. I had a, the privilege of meeting their, their, um, their leader uh, last week, called Jossie Chaku. And it's amazing. But these people, they, they raise up, they don't, they don't have the experts from Western countries coming in. They raise up indigenous people, Indians. And do you know what? Northern India... Hands up if you're from India here this morning. Most people here this morning are from probably south, southern India. 
Northern India is one of the most unreached people groups on planet Earth. So he says, well, why should I go to any other country when there's more unreached people in my own nation? So but the reason to do that is there's many, much suffering. As you know, in India, um, there's people who are, are Hindus. It's a Hindu, majority Hindu nation, okay? But they're now turning into persecution of those Christians. But, you know, people rise up and say, do you know what? I love Jesus so much, I will live my faith. And they are suffering. There's a story, um, and I'm, I'm in, in October, I've got the privilege of going to, to India to see firsthand what's happening on the ground there. And one of the places I'm going to, there's a story of uh, a, 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 a girl, a daughter of a family, and lots of, lots, they live in villages in northern India. And this daughter, this family, um, she converted to Christianity which meant she had to turn away from her Hindu background. So she's living with her family. And what happened was um, her brother was a militant uh, fundamentalist uh, Hindu. And he ended up chucking out the window. Now, I don't know whether it was one story, just out the window. So she, I don't think she was harmed too much, but she got disowned. So much so she had to run away for her life. Um, what then happened is the brother, the person that chucked her out the window, then caught a disease and died. Now, I don't know the time scale. I think the time scale was very quick. But the family then sent a message to uh, the, the daughter, please come back, please come back. Probably talking about a few days. So I'll get more of the information when I go to India. What she felt when she came back to home and, and they, she was accepted back, what she felt is that she had to pray that her brother, a militant fundamentalist Hindu, would come back to life. She had a faith that Jesus, if Jesus came back to life, which we believe as Christians he did, that surely she, that he could raise her brother back to life again. And she had this desire in her heart to pray. So she prayed and her brother came back to life. But not so much that. He was so amazed that he converted to Christianity and is now the most passionate fundamentalist Christian, he's turned from Hindu fundamentalist into, he's on fire for Jesus, loves Jesus, and wants to see many people become Christians because his sister prayed and he came back to life. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? God can do anything. God can do, in the midst of suffering, persecution, difficult times, God can do anything. And in that family, they've experienced great joy. God can turn your suffering into joy. Paul is facing suffering, he's facing possibly his end, but even in that, he knows how to delight, he knows how to rejoice, and knows how to have joy. Because it knows about, it's not about, where, what, don't look at the situation, but if you're a Christian, you can look to Jesus. If you're not yet a Christian here today, you can look to Jesus, and Jesus can give you a deep joy that goes beyond any suffering that you may feel in this lifetime. Secondly, serving into solution. Paul found his purpose. Paul found his purpose. His purpose was, was trying to reach as many um, Gentile, non-Jewish people to tell them about Jesus as he possibly could. He found his purpose in life. Do you know what? You can find your purpose in life. How do you find your, person, your purpose in life? What are your passions? What are you excited about? The guys at the night shelter, you, you, you found your passion, your purpose in life. Serving where your passions are can make all the difference that can lead to the solution to other people's unhappiness and peop other people's suffering just by getting stuck in. And whether 
whether it's with your time, your availability, your talents, whatever it is, serving into solution. And finally, to see struggle as possibility, remember struggle, struggling into purpose. We can turn our struggling into purpose. That word struggling means about agonizing over a situation. What do you agonize over? Linked to purpose, what do you agonize over? What brings tears to your eyes? What brings tears to your eyes? Maybe that's linked to what you should get involved in. Maybe you're great, we're always looking for greater purpose. Maybe what you brings passion and tears to your eyes is linked to maybe what you should get involved in. Whatever that looks like, struggling into purpose. And sometimes looking back in our lives, we've, we've struggled, we've, been, um, we've suffered at the hands of people, but God can even turn that suffering, that struggling, into a greater purpose. God bottles our pain up. In a sense, God will turn our pain into real great possibility as we seek to not get bitter, but say, God, just use the struggling that I've gone through, use the suffering that I've experienced, and help me to put it to greater benefit and greater good. Yeah. That, that, that song that we, we heard at the beginning, Bridge Over Troubled Waters, a famous song. Obviously, we, we see the element there. We see what they're trying to do with that, don't we? They're trying to raise money for the, the suffering in that, that local community of, of Kensington in, in London. And if you like, they're trying to be a bridge over the troubled times, the troubled water. But in our lives, I dare to believe that as a local church, that we could be a bridge over troubled waters. God has been a bridge. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die so that we can have a relationship with him if we choose to. Jesus was the bridge. And now it's our turn. As the church, we can be the bridge in the community to help make simple differences. Where you are, where you live, where you work, where God has placed you, that is your mission field to make a difference in the business world, in the education world, wherever it is, at home, with your neighbours, to be a difference. Words of encouragement, acts of generosity. As Paul said 2,000 years ago, he found his, his, his purpose. His purpose was to reach the Gentiles. Your purpose could simply be a, be a difference, to be a bridge where God has placed you. Let's pray. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.